All right, we are recording. Just go ahead and say something. Uh, let's right. get this show on the road. All right, we will. We will get the show on the road, good sir. Oh, gosh, I have to record the video, too. Hold on. All right, the video is recording. It's time for StadiaCast. Here we go. Everybody, welcome back to Stadia Cast, your source for all things Stadia. I'm Bill. That's Lloyd. What's up, Lloyd? Not much, man. It feels weird to be doing it in middle of the week, not the the weekend. But uh, it's going well, man. It's Stadia's inching ever ever closer. It's now September. We're one month closer to launch, and uh, based on what's been happening out there in uh, Paxland, I am getting really excited for Google Stadia. Absolutely. Before you know it, it's going to be sneaking up behind us and we're going to be we're going to have that controller on our hot little hands and and playing it. But before we get into all of that pack stuff, before we bring you all of the craziness that is happening here on StadiaCast, uh, we just want to say uh, that we normally record this show live Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, I am premiering this episode uh, over at YouTube.com slash StadiaCast live at Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And I will probably be in chat uh, chatting with the people who are watching this live uh, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. <laughs> over at uh, youtube.com slash StadiaCast. However, uh, there's a reason that we didn't record this show live. And um, you want to tell everybody what the reason is, Lloyd? Uh, well, Bill, you know, they say you should never eat, meet your heroes. And you shouldn't today, eat your heroes either. <laughs> you, you definitely, unless it's a hero sandwich, because those are tasty. Oh, that but sounds good. You, you should never meet your heroes. But, uh, Bill, I wasn't able to be there, but you met your superhero today and uh, did a nice little interview with. That's with right. John Justice. John Justice. John Justice, superhero John Justice, joined us on an episode of StadiaCast. I couldn't believe it. I was getting ready to, like, we didn't have an episode last Sunday because I was at Dragon Con, and we're, we're not having an episode live this Sunday because Lloyd is having a giant party at his house, apparently, and he didn't even invite me, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> you were. It's, it's just a really long drive for you, Bill. It is. It is. And I'm, I'm all traveled out because I just got back from Dragon Con. But uh, I got an email and I sent the like immediately I messaged Lloyd and I was like, Lloyd, I just got this email. Do you think this is real? And it, <laughs> it was basically it was Google saying, hey, we want uh, um, uh, v vice president. And oh, gosh, it's not on my screen right now. Let me bring it back up. I can't remember it. John, uh, vice president and head of product. For Stadia, John Justice wants to be on the show, and I was like, Lloyd, do do we tell people and get their questions? And uh, Lloyd was very smart, and he said, No, don't do that because what <laughs> if something happens and you can't record the show? Then you've let everybody down. And uh, you know, I've already been accused of faking things once with Nintendo. <laughs> I don't want to be accused of faking things with Google, so. Uh, you know, we decided not to tell anybody until we actually recorded it, and I, Lloyd and I were going to record together uh, with John Justice, but Lloyd's work exploded, I guess? Something like that, yeah. There was, there was some, some major issues which tied me up for uh, the 
after work time when I should have been driving home like a giddy little child to uh, do this interview. Uh, well, anyway, uh, John and I had a great conversation. He's a really nice guy, and I think he's a bit of a retro gamer. I didn't spend any time really getting to know John because I was like, Stadia question, Stadia question, Stadia question, like nonstop bullet firing at him. But uh, maybe in the future when he comes on again, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, uh, when he comes on again, we'll get to know him a little bit better. But we had, a, I had a, a ton of questions that Lloyd and I wrote and we asked and uh, Lloyd and I are going to talk a little bit about PAX and then you guys can hear all about uh, our interview with um, John Justice, who has clearly the coolest name ever. And uh, he also said on the interview that if you guys want changes to happen to Stadia, write to us here at StadiaCast because Google is listening to this podcast and they have like a whiteboard just waiting for your ideas. So there you go. You want to talk about PAX, Lloyd? Sure, man. Um, I've always wanted to go to a PAX. Uh, the problem with being a Canadian uh, and having to fly down to conferences like this is it's just it's far too expensive. Um, but this would have been the the PAX to go to because uh, Google was there. They were showing off Stadia. Uh, they were showing off Stadia in probably the worst environment that you probably could with so many different pods going through one pipe to the internet and all of the impressions that i heard online on twitter on reddit on uh you name it all the articles a pc world article i just read earlier today said that it went off without a hitch which is amazing when you have this many computers that are all tied into one line going to the internet streaming all these games um directly through these really bad environments like this this is the worst case scenario for that type of demo and it it went off without a hitch people were playing doom eternal they were playing mortal kombat 11 uh these are games that you can't fake they are they are twitch um there's like a twitch shooter and a fighting game you can't fake and get around latency with these games if there's latency you're gonna feel it you're gonna see it and um, it, it was just it was glowing a praise coming from everybody that had a chance to uh, check this out. So um, if, if it was possible, my hype for Stadia was just rent, ratcheted up just a little bit. I, you know, I, there was a couple of YouTube videos from people who were at PAX and they had OBS running on the computers there and they were recording the software or the software. They were recording these people playing uh, Doom Eternal, and then the, obviously they threw it on a thumb drive and took it with them. Uh, but I was watching this stuff, and man, it looked great. And one mm -hmm. of the people said that the only thing that they really noticed was there was there was a moment where it took like five seconds for the textures to load in. But he didn't like he seemed to think that that was really more to do with the game than 100%. with Stadia because that that kind of thing like what. I guess, how do I explain? Uh, so yeah. I'm sure that you've played a game before, listener, where uh, like the game looks kind of blurry for a second and then the textures load onto the character after a moment. Uh, I guess a really good example for that would be uh, Paladins on the Nintendo Switch. When you right. first turn that game on, everything looks really blurry and then the textures load in and then it looks fine. Uh, that's kind of what he was seeing. It wasn't artifacting from uh, low resolution or anything like that. And he sure. said that he said that 
there were no problems. It was great. And uh, he noticed that same texture problem in the 2016 version of Doom when they when he played that on a PC. So that's really seems to be more of a, a, a problem with the game itself rather than with Stadia. 100% because all that texture loading is happening on the cloud. It's happening in the cloud. So the blade is trying to load that stuff into memory into the GPU make your frame, compress that frame and send it over the internet. So it's not Stadia, the transport of Stadia that's being an issue. It's just the engine itself is having problems loading that. And you're probably, if it's happening on Stadia, you're probably going to see that same issue on other hardware as they get that game ready for launch because it is not a game that is out yet. So um, hopefully all that stuff will be cleaned up before uh, it launches on Stadia and and all the other platforms it's coming out on. Uh, So I, I saw this article over at GameIndustry.biz, and I thought it was pretty interesting. And I wish that I had sent it to you, but um, Ray Bautista, I think I said it right. I could be wrong. Uh, He works for Google. And, you know, you and I actually talked about this in the past. Uh, What's going on with the way that uh, whether or not uh, Stadia should be a curated store like, uh, like, we'll say, PlayStation or Xbox or Nintendo, or whether it should be Wild West like Steam. And this article uh, says that that Stadia is basically they're moving away from that Wild West that is that exists in storefronts today. Uh, Here's the quote itself. It says um, it was important for us with Stadia that we moved away from the Wild West that exists in some storefronts today. Uh, Bautista said, speaking at game in speaking at the game industry dot biz investment summit at PAX Dev, just because a studio has a game idea doesn't mean we're going to allow them to publish, not punish, publish that game. Although sometimes when they publish a game, it's a punishment for the players. It depends (laughs) on what the game is. Uh, Just because a developer or publisher releases a game that was a success, we certainly aren't going to allow 10, 20, 50 fast follows to come in after that. It's important to us that we are looking at every single piece of content that comes on to our platform to really help spotlight developers, showcase the talented developers and content that's coming out, and more importantly, make sure that we're proud of the content that's being released on our platform. What do you think of that, Lloyd? I, I think that's really the way to go, at least to start. They can they can start that way so that when, when someone... Um, jumps onto the Stadia website, they say, okay, well, there's this game, there's this game, there's this game. I I know all of these properties. I know all of these games. Not like um, having 100 games where someone downloaded some game creation studio and just made um, multiple copies of, of I don't know, whatever your platformer of, of choice would be. Um, that, that type of stuff is pretty common on like the Android app store and the iOS app store where there's just so many products and they're not all of high quality there's there's more there, there's more chaff than wheat um and ha- having a, a curation happening at least at the start maybe they can loosen it a little bit as uh, as the platform matures is just going to be good for the consumer and it's going to be good for google themselves absolutely uh he went on to say a little bit more uh he said he, he basically said look there's there's four thousand developers have applied to get their games on stadia and for the developers, if you want your game to stand out, you should probably make sure that you're using Stadia uh, centric features. Here's the actual quote that he said uh, Looking at these features, consider what being on a cloud 
based platform means to your overall game design and ask what kind of projects they can make that aren't possible on other platforms. Those are the kind of games that Google is most interested in. And honestly, for me, that those are the games that I'm most interested in. I've said this on the show many times. I'm excited for Stadia, but what I'm really excited for Stadia for is this idea of games that can only be played in the cloud because something isn't possible any other way. You know, every single NPC having its own AI routine, because that's something that Google has talked about, that they can they can have all of this AI stuff uh, just off on its own. And then anytime that you need an NPC to have an AI routine, they can go out and grab one and import just that thing for just that character, making each character feel a little more realistic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I fully agree. Uh, getting more of those games at launch is just going to really show off what what the platform is. It's it other other companies do that. Nintendo, for example, when they came out with the Wii, uh, all the games at launch had some sort of waggle control and it's like motion gaming, here you go, it's here to stay. Uh, the Switch, it was okay, uh the Joy-Con, you can have eight player games with the Joy-Con sideways. It's really showing off kind of the the strengths of the platform. Google having things like that, having deep AI, um, having a battle royale that has 500 players, like things that can't be done on a modern console would be great. Uh, what um, Ghost Recon is doing with uh, your multiplayer having individual streamed windows mm-hmm. of that multiplayer game happening, you can't do that on standard consoles right now. Things like that are, are going to be where you get all the articles where or all the, the Google juice is going to come from, which is funny because it's from Google. But um, th- that is what's really going to generate the hype and get people talking. And, and I'm really excited to see a lot of those products. While I'm excited to see some of those products, I also want to caution developers to make sure that when they do something like this, that they do a good job. Because we all, yep. you know, you mentioned the waggle. There were a mm-hmm. lot of games on Wii that the only reason that they were on Wii was because they featured the waggle and nintendo said okay and they just really weren't very good games so just because you're featuring these things that can only be done on stadia make sure that whatever you're doing outside of that one feature is a good game and i don't know if any developers are listening we we know google's listening but i I don't know if any developers are listening Uh, you gotta you can't just be one note with this you've got to nail it You've got to nail it and you've got to nail it on the first try because most of the time you don't get a second try. There's too many other games out there that can get our attention. And if that means that you aren't a launch game for Stadia, then I think personally I would rather have a game that gets delayed and doesn't come out right away. And later on when it comes out, we're like, oh my God, how did they ever do this? This is amazing. Yeah, I agree. Like. The the Miyamoto quote is a a, a delayed ga- game is eventually good. A rush game is bad forever. Um, that's the same sort of thing with Stadia. If you're just rushing out a shovelware thing and because you want to have all the the, the different bits that uh, makes Stadia unique, you're you're not you're not releasing a good game with that stuff in it. You're just releasing something with that stuff in it. So yeah, it'll it'll be interesting, man. I, I'm I'm su- super excited for launch. I want to see the games uh, that we don't know about. Um, that get announced between now and uh, when the uh, Founders Edition comes out. Uh, Because I I think there's going to be so many experiences that um, 
we're going to see them are going to be like, yeah, of course, this should be here. Why didn't we think about that? And there's going to be a lot of those um, moments um, as they uh, they get stuff ready for launch and, and for the, the official public release. And, and, and <laughs> I have to say, I can't wait for those moments where they announce a game and we're like, oh, my God, how is it that we didn't we didn't anticipate that this kind of game would come to Stadia or that mm-hmm. this would uh, that this that this kind of thing would be possible on Stadia or cloud gaming in in general. I, I'm really looking forward to that uh, hindsight is 2020 moment where you're like, we should have saw this coming. <laughs> yeah, it, that's always the fun thing. Like someone that like I, I've been I've been podcasting for for over a decade. I, I've been following multiple industries for this time. And it's always amazing when you get surprised because it's like I've seen I've seen this play out so many times and someone did it different and it's like, OK, applause for that for that company or that system or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm really excited for this birth of really a new era of gaming. Like this whole streaming future is what we're going to be experiencing over the next, I don't know, five years as different companies start rolling out whatever their solution is. And it's um, it's quite exciting for someone that's been a lifelong gamer to see this this new this new type of gaming kind of I don't get born right in front of us. All right. Well, you've heard me and Lloyd talk a whole bunch about stuff, and we all know that you're just you're just putting up with our nonsense <laughs> to get to superhero John Justice and uh, everything that he had to say in our in the StadiaCast interview with him. There were a couple of things that he said that were basically exclusives, so make sure that you hang out. We're gonna listen to uh, our sponsors real quick, and when we come back, our interview with John Justice, VP over at Google. Stick around. Hello, John. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you, sir? I'm doing well. Good to be talking to you. I've uh, heard you on the podcast a lot. So, so you've listened to the podcast? I have listened. I've listened to, I might have missed one or two, but I, I've listened to, to quite a bit. I was actually just listening to the last one, and I heard that I'm a superhero. <laughs> so that's, that is exactly what I was going to ask you is, because uh, when... Uh, when I got the email, I, I said to Lloyd, um, I go, oh, my God, John Justice wants to be on the show. And he goes, we found his bat signal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, clearly, clearly. Or Commissioner Gordon did somewhere on there. But uh, I don't know. What, what would that be? Like a find like a, um, I don't know, original nest or something like that. And, you know, tap out a rhythm. I'm not I'm not sure what the signal would be. But. Awesome. So uh, I know that you, first off, thank you so much for being on the show. It is amazing that you guys wanted to come on and I, I really appreciate it. And uh, I know how how uh, cramped your time must be right now with launching the show in, or, or wa- launching uh, Stadia in November. So, uh, I, you know, you have a hard out at 645 or 345, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So I'm just going to get right into the questions and... Uh, First off, uh, I've got uh, a couple of questions about the Founders Edition. Yeah. Uh, first off, um, the Buddy Pass coming within six months. There seems to be some confusion about that. Can you explain what's going on with that? Oh yeah, we'll we'll very likely give them out a whole lot sooner than that. We just 
that's um uh i think that was the finest of the fine print on there which uh-huh. is in case for some reason we needed to delay it a whole lot more than we intend to we could do it at latest at six months but uh i think instead we'll likely be giving them out after about two weeks oh okay awesome um yeah. will you uh, does the stadia controller have uh gyro for motion controls it doesn't uh it's got it's got rumble it's got the analog triggers it's got the the luscious d-pad on there for rolling your combos but no gyro no gyro okay that's that's uh is there a reason you guys left that out uh it's it's not something that the early game developers we were talking to asked for so it's something we can uh we want to make sure we're supporting what they want. It just wasn't high up on the list. And something that's, uh, if you add something like gyro, anything you add adds cost. Mm-hmm. And so if you keep adding a bunch of things, if you don't have games lined up to use them or people aren't asking for them for their games, then it could make the cost of the thing higher. And we want to get it out to as many people as we can. That's That, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's probably why you don't have the uh, paddles on the back as well. Oh yeah, the extra paddles, and that's something that some people like having extra paddles for the uh, things like the pro style controllers. Scuff has it on some of theirs. There's the um, Xbox makes a two hundred dollar controller that that has them, um, but they're for particular play styles. And uh, if you really like them, you know people can use them because uh, Stadia works with any controller you bring. Just about we work with anything that's uh, HID compliant then you can bring a controller like that if you want to. Oh, oh so I guess what my next question then would be, if if I brought that HID, is there anything in Stadia that allows me to set uh, like that paddle button to do something on Stadia? Does that make sense? Yeah, usually for those things, those are, you map using software that's specific to the controller. Like you go get something oh, right. like, and this works for, Pro style controllers. It also works for um, adaptive controllers. So something like the Microsoft adaptive adaptive controller. I think it's a really cool thing. It lets a lot of people play games who couldn't play normally. Um, with that, it's got some software on its own that you set up. Hey, this map this to this, this to this, and then those show up as regular button presses out to everything you plug it into. And so we just work along with that within Stadia as well because we want have good accessibility support. You can also go into the games and we make sure the games let you do remapping there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's remapping of things like you know, this button to this trigger, that sort of thing, uh, which is different than um, that kind of, I have extra buttons or extra something or a different right. way of doing it. And I want to map those to standard buttons. Usually those things like pro controllers or um, or adaptive controller, you do that outside. So, you know, that that's awesome because one of my biggest complaints about Nintendo is the, the fact that they don't let me remap a lot of the buttons in their games. Is this something that Stadia is going to require all developers to do to say, make sure that for accessibility issues, you can remap buttons? We're working with it. We're trying to get it across everything. We're trying to get it across all the, all the games coming on. Uh, I won't say, Hey, it's a hundred percent guaranteed that every single one will get it, but we're trying. It's, it's something that we know helps uh, with accessibility. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to us. We, we try to do everything we can to let, everyone get access so that fits right along with that uh, speaking of keyboards or of keyboards of controllers yeah. 
Is there going to be like a Stadia Wi-Fi keyboards and mouse that are going to come later? Or are you guys focusing solely on the controller and then keyboards and mouse is just going to be something that people do on their own? We don't have a way to do it right now on um, the cloud version Mm -hmm. of a keyboard and mouse. I think it's something that uh, it'll be good to have. Uh, Sometimes I like playing gamepad. Sometimes I like playing mouse and keyboard. And when you play on uh, a laptop, a Chromebook, PC, Mac, whatever, when you're doing that, you can just plug in any keyboard mouse you want uh, or controller you want. But if you're playing on something like a Chromecast uh, on your big screen or kind of a cast-enabled TV and those kinds of things that will will support more and more of those in the future, um, for that, there isn't a good way to connect a keyboard to that thing. And so uh, cloud-based set up somehow for mouse and keyboard, it'd be really good to have there. We don't have anything yet, but it's something that I'm thinking about. Awesome. Uh, so I've got a bunch of uncategorized stuff that uh, questions. Uh, is Stadia going to allow people to try games before they buy them, kind of like uh, a temporary unlock or like a 30 to 60 yeah. minute demo or something like that? Yeah, so we will have trials. We're not going to have trials for, it'll be a few months until they actually go out. I don't know that I've mentioned this to anyone yet, but, so you might be the first. So yeah, we'll, we'll be, yeah, we'll be, <laughs> we will be adding trials. Uh, we're just working through what's the right um, the right when and how exactly you set it up. And you can imagine how busy things are now just getting ready for launch. So there's the launch stuff, and then there's, okay, what do we want to do next, 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 after? And so trials is something that's high up on the list. So I, I guess I want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. When you say trials, are you talking about trials for people who aren't sure about trying Stadia or people who are uh, Stadia, Stadia customers who want to try out a specific game before they buy it? Both, really. Oh, okay. I think, I think uh, if, if you look at our, our plan to make as many people be able to try this as, as possible, you want people, whether they're whether they're already on Stadia, to let them go discover new games, uh, new things, stuff you haven't tried. And then also people who, if you haven't given it a try, we want to let you just jump in as easily as you can. So I think both of those things are, uh, both those are trials that we want to want to support. Now, this is probably the most popular question that, that people are asking. Uh, right. That I feel like I I haven't seen a uh, an answer to yet, or I feel like the attempt to answer the question wasn't quite clear enough. So, uh, yeah. do you have to have a pro account in order to access games that are free to play, like Fortnite or Apex Legends? You know that kind of game. Uh, this is a hugely popular question. I think a lot of people are just they just want to nail it down. Yeah, I understand people are asking about it. We haven't launched any of those games yet. And so when we launch them, <laughs> we'll be the first to know. Okay. Yeah, uh, we'll be the first to know right here on StadiaCast. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, do, do you have to, let, let's say um, you play Plus. Like, what if I subscribe to Uplay uh, and then I switch over to Stadia? Do I have to have a pro account with Stadia? in order to subscribe to Uplay through Stadia, if that makes sense. For us, Uplay Plus is coming next year. So it's coming Mm -hmm. in 2020. And we are working out with uh, Ubisoft exactly how we're going to roll it out and exactly what we'll say about it. And Uh so we're not there yet. So this is another one that 
uh, we're going to have to talk about that this in a few months. Yeah. Anytime there's a question, just feel free to punt it down the line. We can, we can, yeah. we can always have another interview later on when you're ready to talk about this stuff. Yeah. That's one that we, we're going to have to get closer to the Uplay Plus launch mm-hmm. on Stadia before we'll go announce all of that stuff. Fair enough. Um, how how does family sharing work on Stadia? If I buy a game, does my son who lives in the same house with me also have access to the game and what restrictions are there? Well, ah, I see that's a trick question there because family sharing doesn't come out yet. So family sharing will come out. Uh, it's going to come out. looks like early in 2020, we'll be able to have that, but it's, we're still working on the exact kind of things. Uh, you know, I don't think I've actually talked about when that stuff's coming out before, so this is new. Uh, but we're working on that, and we're working out what the details are. The, you know, the spirit of it is you want to be able to go, you want to be able to go share the experiences. You want to be able to go, um, uh, you want to be able to play with your friends as much as much as possible and let them try things. Uh, we're actually still nailing down exactly how it's going to work. Part of that involves working with the game developers and publishers of about about that side. So we're working on that a lot now. It'll be nailed down in the next few months and then we'll get ready to talk about it probably just beginning of the year because uh, then we'll have it nailed down enough to, to be able to um, yeah, talk about it and then probably a few months later roll it out. All right. Uh, I got some questions. I'm a, I'm a Twitch streamer and yeah. I, uh, I, I love streaming. And yeah. I look at Stadia as this way to make it so that anybody can be a streamer without having to go through the ridiculous expense of building a machine that can handle doing it, which yeah. I think is very yeah. exciting, especially because my son wants to stream. And I told oh. him, well, you're going to have to wait, buddy, because I don't want to yeah. spend all that money. Uh, and when Stadia happens, maybe he'll be able yeah. to stream. So it looks like you got a nice setup there right now. Oh, I, yeah, I do. My wife is very nice to me. <laughs> I, yeah, I bet. That's great. Uh, so my question is, uh, when you're watching streamers that are on Twitch or Mixer or currently yeah. on YouTube, uh, currently they can have overlays and cameras so that you can yep. see the streamer and maybe alerts yep. when people subscribe. How will will Stadia allow people to do that as well? How will that work? Yeah, I think uh, I'm getting into some stuff that we'll we'll uh, we'll do more about later. I can give you the early thinking on how we're how we're mm-hmm. uh, going on now. On one side, there are a lot of things that we're doing to make it easy to interact with people playing games when you're watching a stream. There are also things that we're doing to make it easier for you to go stream. And that we think should broaden the the um, number of people who can do it. If you're doing things that are more on the advanced side, if you're the kind of person who I'm guessing you've got an OBS set up and you probably have that, and it looks like you've got a road kind of thing. I'm not sure what mic you're using underneath that screen, but yeah. it looks well, it's expensive. You know, <laughs> yeah, you got it. You know, you, that's running through a preamp. You got a whole you've got a whole setup here. In that case we're more interested in plugging into that world in a good way than in replacing it. And so going and fitting into your workflow, because we're not trying to say, hey, go throw out everything that you have. Instead, mm-hmm. we want to go plug into the stuff that, that you have for the people who are high end folks like you who already have the um, you have all the stuff set up. So we're not going to try to go recreate every single part of OBS and everything else inside Stadia. Instead, you can think about that as there's a breadth experience, and then you can go plug into the higher end stuff if you're a higher end streamer. 
So will people be streaming on Stadia.com or will they be streaming on YouTube? YouTube. Okay, so everybody would be streaming on YouTube. So I essentially would, would take my Chromecast and plug it into my where my current console is and then stream that way. Is that what you're saying? Well, there are, let's see, there are a couple differences here. Uh, first, you could always just stream the way you do now, just you know, play on the Chromecast and, and go record it. But you won't get the best quality. Right. Instead, because we we can go run everything at full detail, instead what we're looking at is how do we go take that the server side version of the video that never has to go um, uh, never has to go down uh, down the internet and back. Instead, right. take that and then let you use that as the basis of your stream. Oh. Because we can keep that thing at full quality. We can even spend a little bit more time compressing it. Uh, you know, a little bit. You know put some extra polish on it because it doesn't have to be quite as fast. Mm -hmm. So we can do some good stuff there. And that way it can be a lot higher quality than anything that you could easily do today in real time. Because we have big, big compression hardware up there that, that can do that. Very cool. So basically I would send like my camera and my audio to Google and then you guys would put the put them all together on Stadia and then That's send that to YouTube? That's what we're right now. We think that we can do that and that'll let us keep kind of pristine 4k hardware or hard uh, 4k uh, kind of streams with HDR and everything else like that and then be able to go keep it maximal quality which should let us be a lot higher quality than than anyone can do today awesome that sounds great uh, will, will the stadia store allow things like wish lists or uh, sale notifications which I think is a, a big mistake that a lot of people don't do is is uh, allowing us to put, add something to a wish list and then saying hey this is on sale uh, or gifting like is that kind of stuff yeah. going to be in the store let me flip it over to you because you you hear from your listeners you've been paying a lot of attention to it I actually uh, if I turn the camera right now, you would see a whiteboard full of prioritized features that we're working through on here. Not actually going to do that, oh. but instead, <laughs> what I'm going to do is uh, I'd want to hear from you and I want to hear from your listeners about what are the things that they want and what do you think the order should be, and then I'll go use that and plug it in. Awesome. So, so basically, write in what you guys want to happen to our show. We'll talk about it on the show. John yeah. will listen and he'll write it on his whiteboard and then make it happen. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's just magic. It comes out the other end. I'm pretty sure that it, this the development gets done the next day. <laughs> exactly. Kidding, kidding. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. Actually, another place that we we uh, we often look over there is on the there's a uh, Stadia subreddit, mm -hmm. and there's there's a bunch of good stuff on there. And so doing a thread on there about hey, what are the features you're most interested in in, in this area? That's great. It's really helpful to get that kind of feedback. Uh, the the reactions from people who've tried Stadia at conventions like Gamescom and then most recently PAX, they've all been pretty, like, you guys must be pretty happy about what people are saying. Can you yeah. talk about what the connection that you guys had was like? Because a lot of people are saying, well, it's a, it's a wonderful environment, everything's hardwired. Can, can you talk about what that connection was like to the individual Chromebooks that people were playing Doom Eternal on? Yeah, I think people saying that the connection is great have never worked at a convention mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, convention logistics and internet are pretty challenging to, to get there. So we had, um, let's see, I think we shot for having 25 megabit per, um, per station at gamescom. And we were a bit under that at PAX. Uh, so that was, you know, that's the, 
general amount that we had, but uh, actually, you don't always get all that bandwidth when you're at a at a convention, and we didn't always get all that bandwidth uh, at at either one. So um, that was something that we were looking and seeing. Hey, is everything going to scale gracefully? And it and it did, which was great. Um, we, we're seeing that you know it's something new and different. Getting hands on is the biggest thing for people. Getting to try it, it just makes such a huge, huge difference. So getting the time to uh, setting it up at, at Gamescom, setting up at PAX, those those are big things for us to just get it in as many people's hands as possible because it's something that's so different. It can be hard to believe that it really works well until you go and try it. Uh, yeah, I, I completely understand that, and I, I can't wait to try it myself. Have you had a chance yet? I have not. I live in the middle of nowhere, and this weekend I went to, or this past weekend I went to Dragon Con for yeah. uh, podcasting stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and it wasn't at. Please tell me it wasn't at Dragon Con, was it? No, no. Okay, we're, good, we're good, good. Con. Because we did Gamescom and PAX West so far. Right. Okay. I would have been really upset if it was there and I didn't yeah. see it through all the cosplay. Um, how how granular are uh, parental controls in on, on Stadia? Am I going to be able to set time limits as well as like rating limits? Will I be able to whitelist games for my kids? Yeah, yeah. So there's we look at it as a service, so Google style. So we we look at okay, we are rolling out this and this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Um, so my answer is pretty different for six for what's going to be there on day one, what's going to be there six six months in. Mm-hmm. Um, one place you can get a good start is looking at the Google parental controls all up. If you go look into there, there's Google Family Support, and that lets you do a lot of kind of delegated approval, and there are a lot of uh, cool features there. If you look, that's the basis of the stuff that we're building on. So that's a really good place to to see kind of the core features that we'll have. Um, the start of the family controls there. Uh, I'm trying to think whether we'll have time limits on day one or not. Um, they might not be there on day one. It might be a, a month or two later. Uh, but the, if you look at those, the regular family controls that Google has, which are pretty good, uh, that's where we're going to start from. And then uh, we'll be adding a bunch more. This is another area where it'd be great to get uh, hear from people about what they want, what's most important to them. We take... We take family controls, we take trust and safety really seriously, working on um, machine learning for working on abuse prevention, those kinds of things. There's a lot that a lot that we do. I still find it super helpful if we get feedback from people about, hey, this is what I'm looking for the most. This is what's most important. So I'll put that to your readers to help us uh, um, help us decide the right order of some of these features. I'd love to hear what's most important. Awesome. Uh, so there you go, guys. Make sure that you uh, send in information for John. Um, well, this is another super popular question that a lot of people have been asking. Yeah. Will you uh, will Stadia allow mods? So like uh, so so like for Skyrim, for example. Yeah. If yeah. there's a Skyrim game, will we be able to mod that game like we can on PC? So you can Fusroda in some new <laughs> and different different way. Exactly. Uh, so that's our intention. We're working with developers now to uh, how do we go do it. It will be different than uh, depending on the game, but we're working out how, how to support mods. Uh, it, it's something that for some games, it looks like it's going to be pretty straightforward. For others, it's a bit more difficult. Part of it is um, 
well, you have to run within a certain kind of sandbox and we have to make sure there's a good way of, of fitting in there and making sure that there's good kind of safety and review of the, those things. But it's something that uh, it's on our list. Is there any way to import save files from PC or, or whatever? I know that you guys are all about cross-play, but what about yeah. cross-progression for, for, for games that might not necessarily be like an online multiplayer-style game? Yeah, yeah. We are trying to do that with every single title we're bringing to Stadia. So that's something that we see it as a, a key piece of next-gen. So we're trying to go push that, hey, next gen is all about openness. It's about being able to play across your friends groups. It's about taking down these walled gardens. Uh, it's about being able to uh, keep your progression wherever it is you are. So something like um, uh, something like a really big game of, um, well, you choose the one that you played with. So something like, uh, say, Skyrim, if, if uh, Skyrim, um, you imagine it's on there. Mm -hmm. You play those games almost as a lifestyle. <laughs> Take you do, you do. You get sucked time, in. You know? yeah, I think about how many hours I've sunk in, in some different things. Uh, and so you look at it, uh, whether it's a single player or a multiplayer, you want to keep that progress going. So um, we're trying to get that everywhere. Not every game platform is wholly on board with this. And some of them are on board with it for some titles and not for others. So we are... We are pushing it forward. We're working with uh, developers, and we're trying to move the rest of the game platforms there. Awesome. So it's basically depending on game by game. It's it's yeah. uh, on the developers to decide if that's something that they want to do for their customers. We are pushing them uh, pretty seriously. They've got a really good reason not to do it. I think we'd listen to them and and talk to them about it. But it's something that by default uh, we want everywhere. And so far, the developers are they're pretty open to it. They, they're interested in that. They see it. Um, the one place where we've got to work out some details, there's some places where um, some platforms, there might be more cheating than others. And so working out, hey, are you yeah. going to go accept save files from that place where everybody modifies them, those kinds of things. So we're working out that for whether uh, this mattered more for multiplayer than anything else. Right. But especially for multiplayer games, do I let, uh, do we, uh, how do we handle imports in those cases? So there are some places where we're in conversation there, but generally we're looking for cross-play, cross-progression, and cross-everything. Awesome. What kind of battery can we expect from from the controller? Uh, the controller, let's see, after current life, you know, I charge mine up about, I don't know, a week or so. Let's see. Okay. I tend to charge it, I play all the, all the systems. Um, well, is it is it better than the PS4 controller, but not as good as the Switch controller? I think I tend to charge mine. Let's see, probably, probably less than the, probably less than my PS4, and I don't think anything lasts as long as the Switch controller. <laughs> no, I don't think so. There, I don't know what kind of magic they did with the batteries yeah, in yeah, that thing, a, but there's a huge battery in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I couldn't tell you what the exact exact life of it is, but uh, I don't have to charge it all that often. Fair enough. Uh, I guess we've only got a couple of minutes left. Uh, will there be another Connect before the launch? I think you can always count on another Connect coming. Uh, so there's definitely one coming. When exactly it's coming, you know, of course we'll announce it.
All right. And, and what's the what's the last that here's my last question and then yeah. I will let you go do your job. Um, <laughs> what is the biggest piece of disinformation out there about Stadia and make it right? Oh, OK. I think. Um, let's see. I think there are probably a couple things that I've heard people get confused about. One was there was the whole thing about, is it Netflix of games or not? And that means so many things to so many people that it's just, it's hard to disentangle that. It and is. so like, I think that one is, Hey, we know a lot of people want subscriptions for games. And so we will support that. We'll work with uh, Ubisoft. We'll go work with, with other folks. We'll go have, uh, have our own where we can go bring, uh, bring games every month. Uh, and also a lot of people want to be able to just buy the games and go. So we are also supporting that. We're also supporting uh, regular store where you can just buy and play. We're supporting both models. So that's something for, we know we, you don't make everyone happy by only having one of them. So we know we have to have both models. Uh, so we, we do that. I think the other big thing is in just the conversation about, um, uh, about Pro, when I look at it, it's a pretty disruptive thing that kind of the, normally I've got to go, I've got to go buy a high-end console or I've got to go buy a gaming PC or play on more than one screen. I buy more than one. And that whole layer, the whole hardware there, and for us, it's better hardware than you can buy in a console today uh, by, a, uh, by a lot. Um, we're giving all that for free. And so that's a pretty cool disruptive thing out there. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, that's just coming along. And so the pro subscription and think about it more as it adds some extra features. It's an optional thing that adds some extra features, just like PS Plus or uh, Live Gold. Um, either of those, they add some games, they add some extra features. Um, we we do something different here too, that not only do we give you kind of the hardware layer and we don't make you, you pay for that, but we also don't block multiplayer. And right. so we'll let you do multiplayer on that as well. Uh, so that's something that where um, I think a lot of people haven't quite gotten that before probably because we're only doing the founders thing now and the founders thing you kind of have to get everything all at once right um but i've gotten a lot of questions about that all right i, I lied i have one more question uh yeah, yeah, you, you, you brought up huh and then i'm getting really gonna have to run i know you, you brought up the uh the pro subscription thing uh yeah. that costs 10 bucks a month are yeah. you going to sell a cheaper version if you buy the whole year year um don't have plans for it yet okay. is that something you want <laughs> i think i think i think without a doubt that's something that people would want all right all right cool have your uh have your listeners uh have your viewers have them go uh send the feedback about what what do they want uh add over into the uh particularly in the, the stadia subreddit awesome. great to see well, John, thank cool. you so much for coming on the show. Uh, John Justice, VP and head of product over at Google Stadia. Thank you very much for coming on the show, man. Really good talking to you. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, that is it for StadiaCast this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And again, thank you to John Justice for being on the show. Uh, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can follow us over at StadiaCast on Twitter. You can follow me at RunJumpStomp. You can follow Lloyd at... Dasme, D-A-S-M-E. 
And when you uh, follow us, if you're going to tweet at us, make sure you use that hashtag StadiaCast so we can find your tweets because we've got other shows. Speaking of other shows, Lloyd, what other shows do you have, sir? Well, I do a weekly, twice a week Nintendo news show called Nintendo Pulse. You can check that out over at res.tv. There's other shows in the network as well. Some of them gaming related, some not, but you can check all that stuff out at res.tv, R-E-Z-D-T-V. And you can check out all of my shows over at runjumpstomp.com slash shows. I host Nintendo Switchcraft as well as, well, yeah, this one too. Uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> Nintendo Switchcraft for now. Uh, I ended up taking Run Jump Stomp down, but that's okay. Uh, join our, our Discord. We've got the Stadia Desk. Uh, we've got our Discord over at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. And while you're already joining Discords, Lloyd's got one that you can join too. You can find his over at res.tv slash Discord. Uh, the music that you are about to hear. Oh, gosh, I almost forgot. There's one thing I wanted to add before I get out of here. Um, uh, you know what? We'll save it for some other time. We'll talk about it some other time. The music that you are about to hear is Subterranean Kamikaze by Zircon. Make sure you check out their stuff at zirconstudios.bandcamp.com. We will see you later. Bye, Lloyd. See ya. See ya.